0: Welcome to our Pini. This is our best. We are going to learn about the favorite topic, Gulus and geula, and one of the one of the signs of Gulus to geula, the transition between the two, has to do with fasting, and um, and many of and many other things. So we're just going to explore together a siha that that deals with this and deals with the various phases in the Yisrael Mashiach to see how the whole thing unfolds, how exactly will we transition from galus to Gullah. There are many aspects to it. There's the personal, on, at any given moment, we can transition. Um, and then there's the global transition. Everybody does it as a group. There are a whole lot of pieces. Um, last night, I watched a really a wonderful, amazing presentation from Rabbi Mendy Rubenfeld, who took many, many, all of the realities that will change. And you might Mashiach, you know, the there will be all, all the different things, uh, the lame will leap, the different sukkim. the lame will leap, and um, and there will be mason, and, and, uh, and the, the stranger will, uh, what did it say, I forget, the stranger will do this, you know, the, the lion will, uh, the wolf and the lamb will lie down, all of that. He took all of these different sukkim, and he showed us the technological changes and advances um, that are going on that are already showing the beginning of the fulfillment of of these token F- amazing presentation it's just p- packed with cutting technological innovations it's just it was just brilliant and it really m- makes you understand that we're at a moment in history that really everything anything that you could need done is already has already been created, and I don't mean this in a spiritual way, but technologically, you've got to see some of these things. At this point, are unbelievably expensive because they're in the first stages or they're being planned, but they they're already in the world. An example is, um, you know, the computer that does all the cooking for you, and what you'll be able to do. But it it looks like arms and hands, so it's not just a computer. You know, is it's, you watch these fake arms and hands doing the cooking, what you'll be able to do is um, something like take a video of the hands of your favorite chef. You know, watch a show of your favorite chef making a recipe and video their hands moving in all the steps. Just take a whole video of with a focus on their hands. You don't need to see their face so much. Then you will... um, Put that video into, upload that video into your uh, computer chef, and um, which is computerized arms and hands. And your um, computer chef will be able to 100% mimic the techniques and the the uh, style of your favorite chef in making that recipe, so that you'll. Exactly what they're doing, what your favorite chef is doing that makes that recipe so good, you'll be able to have done in your kitchen with your computer chef. That's an example already. Now, we saw we saw it being done. So that means it already exists. It's just right now, for the average home to have it, it would be pretty expensive. You know, wait a couple of years and it'll be, you know, a 99-cent app or it'll you know, be a free app on your phone. All of these things that are ten billion dollars now, another few years and there'll be a free app on your phone. So that's just. So what is that telling us? That's telling us that it almost looks like at this moment, whenever you're in a situation where you say, "Oh no, what am I going to do? Uh, I need a taxi to get to, to go downtown, and there are no available taxis because it's raining." So really, one day there, you know. Uh, somebody said, actually, that's how Uber was invented. These two guys were on a business trip in Paris, I think. And they said, oh, this is crazy. We don't know French and we don't know how to get a taxi and no taxis available and who do you call? And if only we had, you know, if only we could create something where you just have an app on your phone and it brings you a, a taxi within four minutes, you know, and so they created Uber for if you drive through different neighborhoods, it says um, rentyourdriveway dot com, dot com. So, for instance, if you have a driveway to your home, but you're and you live more in the city, or you have a parking spot, let's say you, you have a let's say in Williamsburg, you have a driveway and it's um, close to where people people want to drive a certain distance and then take the train from there. You can rent your driveway um, for the hours that you're not there. You can just say, okay, I won't be here for the next 30 minutes. I can rent my driveway for 30 minutes. And then, of course, there's an app that says, um, tells you where there is an available spot to be rented for this and this amount of time, et cetera. I mean, and Airbnb, you know, Air- Airbnb, all, all of these things are just the beginning of a whole different way of being. So it's, it's happening in technology because it's happening in Veruchnia. So we want to see where it's coming out of in Tyra, and 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 a lot of this is connected with the fast days because the fast days in Yemaisa Mashiach will be transformed from sad fast days to happy days of celebration. So we want to see what the transition will be. So. The sikha is actually the sikha in Lukut um, the sikha Khele Ketvav about Asar The thing about the of Tavis, is that it's considered the worst of all the fasts because all, all the fast days that we have are connected to the destruction of the Beis Amidish. Destruction of the Beis Amidish is all about Corbin. Corbin is what brings all the suffering and pain in the world. It all comes out of that one little seed. That moment of Corbin started and is the template for everything horrible in, in life. All comes from that moment of Horbin. What built up, what what was getting was preparing for that Corban, the before fast days, or or at least preparing for or then the aftermath. A was the first, the beginning, I guess, of the surrounding of Yerushalayim. That's when that was the beginning of the end. So So, it, it turns out that a Therbet Habit always comes in partial Vayigash. And since um, there's always a connection, we understand that, we want to understand Yigash has to do with a meeting. So, here we're talking about beginning of the destruction, and it has to do with a meeting of two individuals. How can two individuals meet each other, and that begins a destruction? Well, that happens a lot in relationships, right? Two individuals meet I guess people are cynical about, you know, you know, these bad jokes about marriage. Well you know, uh-oh, we met we met on the Sarbatavis It was the beginning of the Corbin Costa show. I'm saying those are the bad jokes from the bad comedians. But a meeting of two individuals is somehow connected. We'll see which individuals do the Corbin based in English. So since the of Batavis is the first of all of the facts, um we we want to understand how how it's connected. The truth is that the purpose of all the fasts is it's, they're all about destruction of the base and the exist, But destruction of the base and the is really still a means to an end. A fast is still a means to an end. Destruction of the base and the is also a means to an end. What's the real real thing? Building of the third base and vision. But so what is this particular this particular step of what's called somehow a series the fast of the tenth? What does that have to do with this whole issue of fasting over destruction? We can say that of course fasting destruction fasting destru- destruction of based in English causes us to have to fast which will ultimately cause us to build a third base of musicians, stop fasting. So we can say that the connection between Parshat Vayigash and these four fasts is um, in the purpose of it. In other words, the joy that's going to come from all of this. So let's look at the meaning of these two individuals. Parshat Vayigash is speaking about Vayigash. Yehuda meets with Yaisa, two brothers. Two brothers, our our forefathers, our Shvatan, and they represent two very, two very different energies that have to meet up. That are separate, and then they come together. And they're separate, and then they come together. Like ish isha So the Haftairah of Yehuda will, is going to, in the Parsha, approach Yaisa. And the Haftairah speaks about, the Haftairah, was, which is always a taste of the Parsha, is speaking about the union of Yehuda and Yisif in the future. They will become one. So, in the partial they're approaching each other. In the Hatshaira, they have become one unit. Sort of right, like a marriage. And then there's one other thing, which is, um,
1: at the beginning
0: of time, when they first initially meet, one is, one has a higher position than the other. Yehuda, Yaisaf is the ruler. Yehuda is coming and begging. Yehuda is coming and begging. Please, what's he begging for? He's saying, please release my brother. I can't go back to my father's home without my brother. Please, sire, sir, ruler, uh, you know, exalted ruler, I know that you're second in command to Paro. Please release my brother. Now, by the way, so what is that going to mean? We want to, again, this is a story and this is not the time of year, but what does that mean for us? Just think of that idea of the position, the idea of rulership. He, he's second in command to whom? To Paro. Paro is the king of limitations. He's also the king of evil. But let's take him as the king of limitations. He's the guy who says, can't fight City Hall. It is the way it is. Nothing we can do about it. This is the way the world works. King of limitations. So now if you work, you get a job working for this guy, the king of limitations, you have to promote his philosophy, don't you? You're second in command to the king of limitations who's always going around saying, can't fight City Hall. Like right? Nature is what it is. Don't think you can change nature. And you get a job working for him. And your name is Yaisif. And you get a job. You're second in command to him. Interesting. And Yaisif is all about Haisapa, about adding on. Whatever you can add on, what could we possibly add on to this boss we have who says, Can't yes, fight city hall. What could we add on? We should add on a deeper dimension to it which add on the element of truth. The fact is, this King Paro, he actually represented an old... You want to say it was a truth? It is a bit of a truth on some level. I mean, I'm looking at a tree. It isn't... If I want a cup of tea, the the tree is not about to become a cup of tea. It can in the future. Right now, it's planning to stay a tree. If I say, I want a cup of tea, that only in the cartoons and the fairy tales right now does the tree say, sure, I'll just melt down and be cup of, become a cup of tea for you? No, it's going to say to me, "As you could speak, I'm a tree. Stop playing games. Go get yourself a cup of tea. I am not going to become a cup of tea. I was created to be a tree. And there are places in Tyra where, you know, um, a certain Tana came to a river. I forget the name. And he said, river splits. I think river Yanai, Ganai Ganai. He said, split. The pint Ben Yair, I think, said, river split. And the river said, excuse me, I was created by Hashem to be a river that flows. Not split. Don't tell me to split. I was created to flow as a full body of water. Not be dry land. So, go talk to someone else. And it was a whole conversation about about the nature of nature. So, in Gullus, A river will be a river. A tree will be a a tree. It was given that job description by Hashem. It's not planning to become a cup of tea for me.
1: On the other hand, Sadikin can do that. And
0: Sadikin can do that and um, they will. I mean, when it's necessary. (laughs) And, And we will be able to. And what I just said about all these unbelievable technological advances um a computer cannot uh you know you know um <laughs> there's an Indian whatever we have now something the the shower has to be snaked out okay the bath something has to be snaked out so I was going to call my husband and say oh you know what because the plumber didn't come yesterday waiting for him to come <laughs> I was going to call my husband and say yeah, don't, you know what, never mind. I ordered from Amazon. It cost $10. I ordered from Amazon. It's same-day delivery, so it'll be here in a couple of hours. They send you a little machine. It's only $10. And it, you you put in, when you order it, what you need it for. So it's pre-programmed and comes in the box. And the instructions are you take this little machine and you place it over the drain of the tub. And um, then you you have to download the app on your phone. That corresponds that makes this thing worse. You 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 put in what you need on the app, and it um, it unplugs the drain, and you don't have to pay rotor routers. So we save ourselves a bunch of money. <laughs> and I bet my husband would say, well, "Well, I'll call you back. I I I can't I didn't hear what you said." Right now, that's not so ridiculous. Another five years, everybody's going to have one of those. So far, I made it up. But we know that everybody's going to have one of those, and router is going to have to do other stuff. So, the, these miraculous things that are happening—they're—they're. They're, this is the wave of the future. That a tree can give you a cup of tea, or become a tree, melt itself down, become a cup of tea, and then go back to becoming a tree. Why not? I mean, that's less miraculous than the technological things that we're seeing. You have to watch that presentation by Rabbi Mendy Rubin tells you, you'll see what I mean. It's beyond unbelievable watching the science of it. So me and my app for the Rotor rooter app, um, okay, I hope they create it today and I can order it for $9.99 and they deliver it, the same day delivery and everything will be fixed. So, let's go back to this encounter between Yisif and Yehudah. Yisif works for the King of Limitations who says, no, 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 no. There are no machines. There are no machines to unclog the drain for 999. What are you talking about? I'm King Paro. I'm, I'm the king of the limitations. These things don't exist. What are you talking about? And here's Yehuda, who, so to speak, works for him. Sorry, not Yehuda, Yaisa. And you, of course, we know that he's Yaisa. The Shvatim don't know that he's Yaisa. So when Yehuda approaches, he does not know it's Yaisif. He thinks this is Paro's employee. So when Yehuda comes begging, Yehuda is in a very um, humbling position. He has to beg. He's not in, a, it doesn't look like he's in control. Yehuda is haida, hey, to Hashem. Now, when you have little to Hashem, really, you make yourself transparent you become one with Hashem, and Hashem can do anything, including unclog the drain with his nine ninety nine Amazon sense little device today. I don't have not wait five years. Hashem can do that. So Yehuda is tuned into an energy in which a dickle to Hashem, which makes everything possible, blegul, unlimited. Everything is possible. Yehuda is working for Hashem, so to speak, who has no limitations. Yaisif is working for Haro, who is the king of limitations. And the two of them meet. And the two of them meet. So, and somehow, this all happens in the week of a which is the first fast. So what's that all about? And by the way, the Haskaris says, even though it's in the Parsha,
1: that means way back when.
0: Yehuda has to humble himself to Yisus. That means this, Yehuda's language is, I work for Hashem, there are no limitations. The laws of nature do not have to limit us in any way. Everything is believable, unlimited. And Yisus' language is, well, as your brother, I agree with you, but as the employee of Tara, I have to tell you that I have to say my boss's message, which is, Life is full of limitations. And at that moment of the Parsha, Yaisif is the one whose message comes out stronger. Life is full of limitations. You have to humble yourself to me. What's on top? Life is full of limitations. What's on the bottom coming and begging for attention? Life is unlimited. Now, then we go through all of history. Then we go through all of Gullah. This is the beginning of the galus. The shvatim, our forefathers, they came down to the, to, to Egypt and the Sinai, and that was already the beginning of the galus, which eventually, then we were enslaved, and then we built the base of Midrash, and then the base of Egypt was destroyed, and boom, we have galus. So we go through all of that till we come
1: to the future in the Shi'a time, and what happens? They switch positions. Yehuda is
0: on top. The David Abdi And David my, my servant, David Yehuda, the, the the grand great 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 grandchild of Yehuda, the family of Yehuda, the lineage of Yehuda, David my servant, will be the Nasi forever, to them forever. So that means who rises to the top? Yehuda. What's his what's his statement? There's no limitation. Who rises to the bottom? Who goes who drops to the bottom? Pharaoh. What, is, what, was his, what was his statement? He's obliterated. What was his statement? Oh, you have to bow to all the limitations of nature. That's what we're seeing in technology today. Yehuda is rising to the top. He's saying there are no limitations. You need an app for this, that, that, or that, you can have it. just a question of how much you're willing to pay. And you have to find yourself a scientist who's clever enough to figure out how to invent it. But there's almost nothing that can't be invented anymore. And the one, the one who invented first hopefully makes the money. Then we won't need money because there'll be infinite money. So, but the miracles in technology and the exponential miracles in technology,
1: that Yehuda's, uh, that's what he's expressing. He's saying no limitations. Not from, not from nature.
0: Nature isn't going to have limitations anymore. Legal. So in Mashiach times, he rises to the top. He's the ruler. Taro, through Isis, was the ruler then. Way back when. Then Yalidah becomes the ruler. There are no limitations. So, and all of this comes in the same week. The old, old, first uh, initial story with Yisif and Yehudah, It comes in the same week as the start of the Tape. It's the fast. The first test. And the fasting all has to do with just a little bit of a weather vein of where we're up to in history. So, the Rambam brings in the end of Hilchah's kindness, he says that in Yemaisa Mashiach, the that will be transformed to the base Yehuda, the the Simcha, the Maitim Tadim, Shalom Ava. Right? So the fast will be transformed in Yemaitim Mashiach to base Yehuda, Issach, Simcha, holidays, and Emes and Shalom Ava. I guess, and love or love of Hashem? Not sure what. Uh, but love, I guess, love, love and, uh, and love of Hashem. Not sure. Even though it will be v'emes v'ashalm v'arva. There will be v'emes v'ashalm There will be an union of, there will be something of union, unity. That means, it's not going to be, oh, so Yaisif, you got to be the ruler over me, Yehuda? Well, now... In the Shia times, I, Yehuda, get to be the ruler over you, Yaisaf. No. It won't be an ego thing. It will be emes Se Shalom Ava. There will be, it's true that Yehuda will rise to the top, but it won't be, God forbid, in a vindictive way, but those two energies will actually be at peace. Haro's statement, as expressed by Yaisaf, there are limitations to nature. And Yehuda's statement, there are no limitations, they will sync up in a perfect union. Which means, I mean, I guess practically, uh, sorry, and um, it will be called base Yehuda. Base Yehuda, will, si- Beis Yehuda will, will still be, will still be the ruler, but, but
1: there will be a perfect union.
0: What would might be an example of that um, to to have that little drain thing delivered that cost $9, $9.99 that does not probably exist yet um, you still have to go on Amazon and order it, and you have to put in your credit card. It's not just I can't just think it, let's say you still have to order it and you still have to wait for the drone to deliver it. You still have to walk upstairs, go put it you know in the tub over the drain read the directions, download the app. You still have to do, there are limitations. Do this and don't do that. I say, and then I called the company. It didn't work. They said, well, did you put it directly over the drain? Oh, no, I thought I could put it anywhere. No, it has. It only works directly over the drain. So there's Carlos saying, I told you there are limitations. He's saying it through Yisrael. I told you there are limitations. And then there's Yehudah saying, you don't even have to call Rotor ruder you need it. the drain unclogged? No problem. Everything can be today. No problem. So Yehudah will be the ruler, but there will be perfect Shalom, and it will be base Yehudah on top. And the Indian
1: is, and the
0: Indian is the following, that the opposite of the fast in the future, no more fasting in the future, it's Kelsen Ice, Eist, Feith Um There's something about, it has something to do with Feith Yehudah. He has a unique, Feith Yehudah has a unique connection to this fast, to the idea of fasting and the fast of the tenth, the tenth fast. Why is it called the tenth fast? Because it's in the tenth month, but obviously, you know, that's, just, that's the least of the reasons. There's something about ten and fasting and Yehudah and this whole interaction and technology changing that's all in that. So let's look at our lacha. The Rambam says the following. Call I'm seeing
1: this on computer.
0: So I have to... Li all these facts will be bottled. And not only that, it will be on and you may suffer in the simcha and nemar. Some raviv, the some chanishi, the some the some yeah, the base year for this. And so Hashem says the 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 fourth bath and the fifth bath, meaning seventeenth of Tammuz and Tishah and some hashvi, some gadol, and some asiri, and the third of will be for base Yehuda. For base Yehuda, there will be suffering and simcha. That's interesting. And for nobody else. For base Yehuda. It will be a rejoicing. And maya din tzayin. So it's interesting. Could we postulate that this means, this this statement of Beis Yehuda, hey folks, no more limitations, bleak it will finally be able to rejoice. Because quite honestly, all through Gala, anybody speaking the language of Beis Yehuda really was laughed at. Um, what are examples of that? The Wright brothers. They said they they were going to fly fly something and you know they were going to cr- create a steel bird, their own man made bird, and get it to fly in the sky. Do you think that everybody said, Wow, amazing! Really? That's so great. We're all there behind you. Sure. Can we add money to it? And uh, obviously not. I mean, obviously they were treated like lunatics. And what it was, and Thomas Edison. Anybody who invented anything was treated like a lunatic. In fact, my husband has on our show, uh, above the sink, a list of all these things that said, um, negative statements that people said about things that are basic today. You know, somebody said in the 50s, the 60s, they said, computers? Maybe there'll be, you know, this is not something that's, ra- that, that's, that's, that the, the can ever take take on, it, it, you know, you think businesses will go by computers. They, they cost so many billions of dollars. Maybe five businesses in the world will ever be able to afford a computer. not a valid kind of a suggestion. And then what's the reality? Today, who doesn't have a computer? Your phone is really a computer. You all see it as a phone once in a while. Everybody walks around with a computer in their pocket. It's called your phone. It, it isn't so. Really. By the way, you're not walking around with a phone in your pocket. I don't know why we call it a phone. It is not a telephone. You're not walking around with a telephone in your pocket. You shouldn't have it in your pocket. You should have anti-radiation things on it. But you're not walking around with a telephone in your pocket. You're walking around with a computer in your pocket that makes phone calls as well, besides everything else. So we should say, oh, where's my, did anybody see my computer? We call it, it's ridiculous to call it a phone. It's not a phone. We should call it, they should give it another name, like, compi or something. Did anybody see my compi? (laughs) Right? So, and all these other things, any invention that at the beginning of time, when it was, someone was trying to invent it, oh my my, we could have made a lot of money being their therapist. Because they were so humiliated. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That life, you know, they must have had an iron will to keep on going when the whole world opposed them, and laughed at them. And today it's basic stuff. So this is Beit Yehuda. Beit Yehuda will rejoice. That energy throughout the generation that came through people who had a vision and were not going to give it up and were, going, were determined. Hashem gave them this book that they got to invent a certain thing. Um, was it? I mean, all the everything, antibiotics, antibiotics uh, who was it? Um, You no longer have to take moldy bread and put it on a sore to heal it. I read that in a book. Take pieces of, you know, the mold on the bread and put it on sores. So we have something called antibiotics. All of these things, pasteurized milk, Louis Pasteur, all of these things. The statement of Vaisyah Hudda is there are no limitations when you're bottled to Hashem, when you're nullified to Hashem. They, these, this energy of Beit Yehuda will finally get to rejoice in the Shia front. Everyone will acknowledge. Right. There are no limitations. I mean, we even see that in the world today. You know, all the people with the law of attraction. I was bankrupt. You know, I owe $20 billion. And then I joined this business. And now I give out $100 bills for, you know, to anybody who comes to my house and, you know, I'm a billionaire now and yada, da, 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 all these stories. It's a rejoicing of base Yehuda in my mind, in my thoughts. So the source of this halacha, though, that the Ramadan is is in, um, at the end of Timus, But there the words are the following. <inaudible> But it says, those days will be holidays. As it says, this is what Hashem said, the fourth fact. So here's the question. And by the way, we're going to do this whole issue probably in part. We're not going to do it um, in one long session because it's better if it's in part. So we have to understand. Why does the Rambam differentiate these two expressions? Them says one way to, that it's said is all the fasts will be broken. all the fasts will be nullified. The other expression is they're both entire. The law Not only that, but in the future they will become young and, and it doesn't say the kids are like a present Um That um, That they will be young and tithing. That means the derek Miller that the Facts will become bottled. So, we, there's sort of a question on this Lushan, and then one other question that we have here is um, how come the Rambam is speaking about the word in the future these will be holidays for the Jews? That it says in Phrasheftah. See, doesn't it seem superfluous because the pasuk is speaking about Beis Yehuda. Beis Yehuda is Jewish. So why does it have to be, you know, it's going to be a joy for the Jewish people. Beis Yehuda is Jewish. I mean, we got that one. So if it's Beis Yehuda. It seems superfluous because the pasuk is speaking about the time of Bayashini when you had, and the answer, when you had the tench button. um so we have to add that in Yemites Mashiach, the ten shvatim, so there were the ten shvatim and there was the, there was um ten shvatim and the two So we have to add that in the Mashiach, it will be for all Jews. Beis it might make us think, oh, so you were only part of this tribe. No. There's going to be rejoicing for all Jews. We have one more question and then we're going to go into the juicy part of it. Why do we need these words by MS vashalom, ava? You know, remember, two different messages. Huh. Laws of nature can't fight city halls. Other message. Um, what do you mean? Hashem is unlimited, so we can be unlimited. Why do we have to give in to limitation? These are two opposites. That's all we need is now the anti-limitation people win out in Mashiach Kain's so now there's fighting again. <laughs> people are unhappy campers because the, the other people won. Nope. Everyone's going to be happy. And so everyone's going to be happy. Okay, so there's a whole discussion between, there's a difference of opinion between the Ramam and the tour about what it's going to be like in the future. Everybody agrees, in the future, all the fast days will be Yom and tibim. But the Rambam is saying that they will be Yom and tibim, that there'll be, there'll be holidays. They'll turn from days of sadness to joy. And the Torah is saying that they will become days of joy. Sorry, the Rambam is saying they'll become days of joy, if I got it right. And the Torah is saying they'll be turned upside down. They'll be turned upside down. I just want to mention here the idea that whenever we think of upside down, we think of Purim upside down. Turning a glass upside down. Turning something upside down. The famous story that Rebbe T'mchai Mushka was at home and um I think was it Eunuch who came to her, I'm not sure, who came to her after Ferbrenyan and she on the Shabbat and she asked what was by Ferbrin and maybe it wasn't Shabbat. And um, she was told that the Rebbe told everybody to turn. The Rebbe turned is Upside down. upside down, and so everybody did. So immediately, Rebbe Zuncha and Mushka took whatever cup was on the table and turned it upside down, recognizing that this was an aish and this was something very powerful that was being created through the Nasiyadar of turning an energy, something very hugely global, upside down. The so important is that energy of turning something upside down. So here, when the Torah is saying that vahas pachti, I will Hashem says I will turn the fast days, the days of sadness, I will turn them upside down into days of joy. It's interesting that for us, the virus that caused what it caused, on the farm, it caused a lot of horrific things, it caused a lot of positive things, while I it started in the redish on Purim, turning upside down. So whatever, it's a piece of Geula coming into the world. It's difficult to say that, you know, we don't want to justify the awfulness of the things that happen. So we'll, I'll leave that for somebody else to say, but it's clearly a concealed piece of Mashiach progress in a way of turning upside down. So the Torah is saying that the sad days of the fast days will be turned upside down to holidays. And so, um, What's that all about? And you know, two different ways of saying it. And interesting, this will lead to a little bit later. Is that it says that the fast days will end when we're in a situation of Yesh Shalom, when there will be world peace. And we'll leave that to a little bit later. What does that mean? Fast days will end when we'll, we'll world peace. But let's just look at those these three little pieces. About, um, turning about something being, a sad day being turned upside down to a happy day. So we know that we also were able to do that, maybe not with time, but with ourselves. And it's called chuva. And there are really three types of chuva that we can do. And three effects of chuva. When we do chuva, a person did something wrong. And so when they do tshuva ni'avah, tshuva, they return to Hashem out of love. Then three things happen, and one is better than the next. Number one, the sin becomes erased. So you check the records of memory banks or what's written about you on the computer or whatever it is, and there's no record of it. It's gone. If a person does a complete tshuva of ava from love, the entire record within all the worlds, the spiritual and physical worlds becomes erased. There is no remaining record of that sin. It's gone. The sin, what sin? What are you talking about? That's the first effect, which is pretty amazing. The higher effect is, there is a sign. There's no sign that there was ever a sin. The second effect is, there is a sign something happens but not negative. There's this extra light that is created when you do tshuva from love that wouldn't have existed before. We know where it came from, but all anybody, and all that's left visible is extra light. So there is a sign, but it's, 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 it's light.
1: It's holy light. And the third thing is that um
0: And the third thing is that, um, that the sins actually are transformed into merits, And so the person is left with all these merits. So instead of all these negative marks, there are no negative marks left. There are no, no memory of them, no record of them. Nobody has. Number two, there's a light in the place where there could have been that negative thing. And number three, even higher than that, there are merits in that place where there could have been stains, there are enormous merits. So these three steps in doing tshuva, these are also the same three steps that happen in this transformation of the fast days from Gulas to Ga'ula. So there's a halakha, the Rambam brings and the Torah brings and Shulchan Aruch, that there's a halacha, that the fast will be transformed through holidays. Now, why is that a halacha? Halachas are things that we have to do. Hashem says, I want you to do this, this, this. What's the halakha on how to wash in the tillage How do you hold the towel? How do you hold the cart? How much water do you use? How much what are the? What do I have to do? A halakha means what I have to do. Me, 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 me. Not what Hashem has to do. Halachas are my job. Not Hashem's job. So who's going to abolish the fast and turn them to holidays? Hashem. How's he going to do it? Through the Sanhedrin. So, why is that called a halakha? Halakha means my job. That's his job. He's going to transform it. And it says in, in Parshish Balak, there's a footnote, Parshish Balak and Alex, there's a footnote that takes yesh mis'anen, yesh, lo They want to fast, they don't want to fast, and refers to as as I was taught taught it refers to a time in history when the the Sanhedrin for one one year in history, one moment in history, was sensitive to public opinion of where people were up to. Whether it was whether they should be fasting or they shouldn't be fasting, and the decision in the Sanhedrin was made based on sensitivity to where people were up to. And once that decision was made, just the way I was taught, if I got it right, once a decision was made, that's it. It was a one-time chance. And, and since then, the halacha is what it is. And the next changing of the halacha about whether we fast or not, not a personal, not somebody who feels weak, but whether the whole Jewish people stopped fasting, and now it's officially a yomta. The decision has to be done through the Sanhedrin. So we have to have the restoration of the Sanhedrin, and it has to be a bigger Sanhedrin than the last Sanhedrin, and they officially, when the time will come, they will abolish all of the fast days and turn them all into holidays. So that's how it will happen. It's not my feeling. If I feel that it's not time to fast anymore, we should, the whole Klal Yisrael should stop fasting. That that's not what it means. I mean, the Sanhedrin was once in at that point in history sensitive to people's feelings for that year. I made the decision based on that, with a whole lot of other calculations, and it became fixed. And they decided fasting, yes, we will continue to fast. And once they've made that decision, it's glued into place for the next couple of thousand years, until the next son comes along and says, now it's time to stop fasting. So, we don't yet have the ability as people to decide the whole Jewish people should stop fasting or continue fasting. It's not in our hands. It's in the hands of the Sanhedrin. But so then, why is this a halakha? Where's the halakha? The fast days will be turned from um, from sad days to holidays. So where's my job? What job do I have? I'm not the Sanhedrin. I'm not Hashem. I don't transform it. I don't change it. I don't change the tzatzim. Tzatzim means me. And the answer is, my job is, on a personal level, what's a fast day? A fast day is a day of chuba. So my job is to do chuba so powerfully on that fast day that in my personal life, I have created, I have already made the transformation. Even while I'm fasting. I've made the emotional transformation through such a powerful tshuva. Remember the three steps we just said about tshuva. One is there's no record left of the negativity. The other one is there's a light there. And the other one is there are merits there. So my job, the halacha is my job on a fast day is to fast if I'm halachically able to. And at the same time do such a powerful tshuva so that I personally have turned the sad day into a day of, into a holiday. So so and that actually is a big chunk of the ultimate trend. My personal chuva on those days is a big chunk of the push towards getting rid of the fast forever through the Sanhedrin. I have through my chuva a big effect on how fast the Sanhedrin will come back. And change the halacha, the fasting is over. So that's my job, the tshuva. So it's an oxymoron because in these, in these transition days from galus to gu'ula, my job is to fast and yet physically fast if I can, health-wise, and at the same time, emotionally, do such a powerful reconnection to Hashem, that I do an emotional transformation from the sadness to the, to, the, to the rejoicing days in my own life and in my own spiritual approach. So, we really have two statements, going back to our issue, we have two statements that express that the fast days will turn to Yemen Titan. And it's two different kinds of energies. And before I explain it, I just want to wanna illustrate it with the following really ridiculous example. Once upon a time, not so many years ago, I had this old, really junky red car that wasn't very good. And uh, this better car was coming my way. Somebody, <clears throat> whatever, bought it from them, whatever. Much better, newer car and since it was happening in Canada um and the car was from the u s there's nothing I could do to, <laughs> i know you're wondering what this is. there's nothing I could do to give it away, sell it anything very complicated laws you have to go across the border and get the papers and re-enter Canada re-enter the united States reenter Canada the whole thing in the end there was no choice. the only thing that could be done was to um send the send the car away to be smashed. You couldn't even leave it there. You can't leave it in somebody's backyard, you know, in somebody's driveway. There was literally nothing you could do. You had to get rid of the car by paying those companies that they come, they give you $150, they take your car away and they smash it. Okay? And that's what we had to do. It wasn't a very good car anyway. And then I bought this much better beige car. Okay. So we got rid of the red car and we got the beige car. Good. Now we can understand that. In the future, according to the Halakha and according to Brahma, the drama and the Torah, etc. We're going to be getting rid of the fast days. And what are we going to get instead? Holidays. The fast days will become bubble. Get rid of them. Who will get rid of them? The Sanhedrin. Don Hedrin will say, okay, that's it. No more fast days. Oh, great. What do we replace them with? Holidays. Oh, good. Upgraded model. Yeah, you know how your phone has to upgrade every, you know, every few weeks they tell you while you're sleeping your phone is going to upgrade. Upgraded model. Upgraded software. But now, is there any other way to do it? Imagine, maybe I like my red card. Maybe I felt very emotionally attached to my red car. You know, I was in it for so many years, and and maybe I wished that and there was a part. It had a, uh, not a, a CD player. It had a you know a cassette player, which I don't know why I didn't pull the thing out and, and keep it. Uh, and and it also has miles instead of kilometers, so you know, it's not great to have a car that's always in kilometers. I'm always a hundred. Why I'm going a hundred? But maybe I like my red car. Maybe I wish that I could just sit in my red car and say, red car, turn into an upgraded car. I don't want to give you away. Just morph into a better version of yourself. Become a more expensive, newer, better model upgrade. I'll go to sleep. I'll plug in the car, and I'll wake up in the morning, and it's a brand-new, fresh, way-upgraded car, just like my phone is when I go to fruit. That would be really different from sending my car to the place to be smashed and then getting another car. Very different. Very different. The, the old Shmata becomes a brand new, unbelievable, upgraded version. So there are these two deyas. Well, one really applied more to, I think the Raman was speaking about the time of the second base Vesemizish. It wasn't a complete base Vesemizish. There were five things missing. So the idea of, so that was, so at that point of speaking about, we get rid of the fast, the Sanhedrin will get rid of the fast, and they will replace them with holidays. Throw away your old red card, get it, get the new card. However, the day the opinion of speaking about Yumaitha Mashiach is saying, no, 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 more than that, you won't just throw the old fast days away and replace them with something better they will morph into holidays from the inside out. They will shed their external garments and they will morph into fast days. That's the thing. Sorry, they will morph into holidays. And one other thing, maybe we'll, we'll sum up with this before we start the next part. And one other thing, which is, what is the... A fast day going to morph into? A fast day will morph into, well, I don't know, what should you morph it into? what Well, what made the fast day? Well, we disconnected from Hashem. So Hashem destroyed the base of music. Oh, so what's behind, what's really, really, really behind the fast day? Disconnected from Hashem. How do you feel when you're disconnected from Hashem? Ew, yucky. Like, give me a cup of coffee and a Danish. I have a headache. That's the way we feel when we're disconnected from Hashem. What's the shuvah? I reconnect with Hashem. How does that feel? Ah, like I had five cups of coffee and two danishes without without the calories and the sugar and the caffeine.
1: Ah, yeah,
0: holiday. So the holidays are celebrations of, ah, I have this amazing connection with Hashem. He with me and me with him. And what could be better in life? That's the energy of, of a connection to Hashem is a holiday. It is you may sasem de simcha. A deep connection with Hashem is the greatest joy. It is the only satisfaction for the soul. It is the only thing that, will, that can give us joy. So it becomes a holiday by definition. When we're deeply connected to, to Hashem, like that famous story of a Chassid went to one of the Rebbeim and asked the Rebbe, that Rebbe to please say Chassidus. And he had traveled for days to come to his Rebbe. And the Rebbe said, I only say Chassidus on Shabbos. This is weekday. And the Chassid said, Rebbe, when I am by the Rebbe, it is Shabbos. I don't feel weekday energy when I am by the Rebbe. I feel that I am in Shabbos. So if I am standing here before the Rebbe, I am standing in a space of Shabbos. So if it's Shabbos, because the Red So when we're standing in that space of deep connection to Hashem, the automatic feeling is joy.
1: Wow. I want to dance. I feel
0: holiday energy. I feel Zisamach So, So all of this we're going to do in the second part what the, the, the various periods will be of Yemaisa Mashiach, the unfolding of a couple of different eras of Yemaisa Mashiach. But all of this is bringing to bring out the idea of, in a very simple way, there will be this enormous transformation from galus to Gaula. From remember the original conversation we said at the beginning, this guy Parok said. <laughs> I'm the king of limitations. You can't fight city hall. And remember, Yehuda, and remember, and the Jewish people, the representatives of Hashem say, wait a minute. Why do there have to be limitations? And both conversations are true. But as we move towards the future, the conversation of limitations don't have to run our lives becomes the more true conversation. As we see in the world today. As we say, with technology and with all the philosophies that people are promoting. Why do we have to live in limitations? Out with power. In, out, out with power. In
1: with Yehuda. Out with sadness. In with joy.
0: Out with limitations. In with <clears throat> legal. <clears throat> and all of this. And out with and In with caula. And all of this revolves around Fasting, the fasting is the thermostat that's installed on the wall of the, your house or of the building that tells you where we're up to in this gulus to gula sadness to happiness, limitation to, 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 un, to unlimited transformation. The fasting is that um, thermostat that tells you where we're up to. And we wish that we could just stop fasting and then, hey, you know, we could stop fasting and it'll change. It. But it turns out that the Sanhedrin tells us when to stop fasting. And a little bit, we want to understand, it's like, um oh, yeah, I remember once, we had a Bachar at our house once, a young man that was, that was, um having a, a Shabbos meal with us and he, he said, um He was, he was somewhere and he saw this other young man putting on his shoes and socks and it was cold, cold winter and he was wearing these thin, 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 thin thin socks. So he said to the other young man, why, why are you wearing such thin socks? It's really cold out. He said, oh, this and this saddock was known to wear very thin socks. He said,
1: wait,
0: you want to emulate the amazing qualities of such and such a saddock. Do, but don't, you don't start with emulating their socks. You don't become if the tzaddik is righteous and all of these things, you don't become righteous by wearing thin socks. That's the most external of the external. That's a that's a symptom of something a special holy avoda that 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 the tzaddik is doing. So you're not going to become as righteous as the as the tzaddik by wearing thin socks. Starting from the wrong end. You can't, well, I wear thin socks. Now I'm as righteous as the sun. Well, that would be fun. You know, so everybody knows everybody when they were five years old, found their mother's high heels and put them on and walked around the house in their mother's high heels and said, I'm the mommy now. I'm the mommy. Well, there's more to life. There's more to being a mother than wearing high heels. So wearing my mother's high heels somehow it doesn't make me into the mother. It's, it's the most external of all the things. My mother wears high heels. But it's not the fullness of it. And I can't just become a, the mother of the family because I put on her high heels, etc. So it has to come from above in a certain way and then it filters down. So it turns out that the Sanhedrin makes the decision and creates the mapsaq and, and the Allah's decision, that now the fasting fasting is over forever. And when that happens, then the fasting for all the Jewish people will be over forever. And they're the ones to determine it. And we wish that we could just say, so so here's the question. What happens then so there's no point in me being happy? When the fasts are over, everything will be happiness. So why should I be happy? What you're saying is, by putting on the socks, it doesn't make you righteous. By wearing the high heels, it doesn't make you the mother. So we could say, by being happy, it, it doesn't abolish the fast. Well, in this case, it gets us on the road. It gets us on the road. By being joyous, and as the Rebbe says, parat together," The Rebbe saying, well, Babat, says, joy breaks all boundaries. So that means that, so remember boundaries? Who's that? Oh, Paro, the guy, you know, who hired Jesus in the original, original encounter that we're talking about at the beginning of this shicha. That guy, Paro, he said, boundaries? Yeah, <laughs> I'm the king of boundaries. Melech Mitzrayim, king of the land of limitations. I'm the king of boundaries. The Rebbe says, we can break those boundaries that King Taro is the king of. King Paro says, <laughs> what did King Taro say? I run the world. You will never, you will be my slave forever. You will never leave my land. No slave ever escapes from my land. What I say goes. No one will ever have a different reality than the way I decide. I decided that there are constant limitations and you will be slaves to me forever. <clears throat> and Maishir Benu, and the My Benu of every generation said, not forever. For some amount of time, not forever. We're leaving this place. And when we leave your land, we're beginning to step out of limitations. Unfortunately, it may be a long journey to come to Gaula, when there will no longer be limitations. And the David Nazi of the the David And David, my servant, will be the ruler forever. And all limitations will be gone. And we'll have unbelievable uh, leaps and bounds in technology plus, plus, plus. And in personal life and, and in everything. But it's a bit of a journey to get there. And we began that journey when we left the giant. Maybe even before, but especially when we left Paro's land, we left behind Paro in his conversation. And it's been a long journey. And every, and stepping into, as says, think the Rebbe says, syncopar together, stepping into a mode of joy, fast forwards this progress tremendously. Brings us to the literally seconds away from that moment of Gaula when really, all the good stuff just pours right in. So it's not like by being joyous, what am I accomplishing? I can't get rid of the fat. We can. We still have to wait for the Sanhedrin to officially, halakhatly, abolish the fat. But the effect of joy in shifting the whole climate from Gullahs to Gaula so that what we're going to discuss in the next, in the next audio about the two different eras in you might want to shift the effect of joy in shifting this whole climate cannot even be estimated. It's huge. Because if the Rebbe says, Simcha paritzgevets, joy breaks all boundaries,
1: then that's the truth.
0: And so, may it be that we should break every single boundary. Gone with sorrow. Let him be a thing of the past. Gone with limitations. May we step into the time, the day of eternal joy. The time of the choice will and we find ourselves in the third base under the permanent Gula now please tune in to listen to the second audio, which is a very short one about the two different eras in and but before we even get to the second audio, may you find ourselves in the Gula Mi now.